Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Way than I it's had fine. intended to. Yeah, I mean nobody's going to listen to this anyway. So you know, yeah. What, so, I mean, about it, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> tell me seriously. Is, what? Yeah, what? What do you mean? What are we doing? We're doing a podcast right now. I know we're doing a podcast, but yeah. what? What are you? What are you aiming for? What are you aiming at? What? I, we, we have had a long history together, at least long for me, not for you, you know, but I know you don't have any clue what I do for a living and that's fine. Right. But the gist of this show is to speak to people that have, that have inspired me in my own recovery. Right. And Uh so we're having you on because you, you fit the bill for that. So Uh yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, I didn't understand that, but that's all right. I know. I, it doesn't matter. It's, uh, it's, it's like, you don't care, so why do you even ask? Yeah, right. Yeah. Let it be. Let it remain a mystery. Here's my shoulder for you to lean on when everything This is AJ Tolerio, and this is Really Good Shares. And today on the show, Swamp Dog. There he is, Jerry Williams, who most people know as Swamp Dog. Frequent listeners know that Swamp does both our theme song, and he also did some covers for us to end each episode. Anyway, right up top, this is our last episode of season one. And Swamp Dog felt like the only guest we could have to end season one. So let's begin as we have all the other episodes. This is a podcast where I want to expand the definition of recovery and to showcase people and stories who've inspired me to be a better human. As I already mentioned, today's guest is Swamp Dog. Swamp not only does this music for this show, but he's been the muse for it. And I'll explain why in a bit. 
Mostly Swamp Story is the relevant to this show because I think his perseverance in the industry, an industry that hasn't always been very kind to him, typifies a question that anyone doing creative work has to confront at some point. Am I a success or am I a failure? Now, his album sales would say that he's not a very successful musician, but Swamp's also been writing, performing music for almost 70 years. I'm still recording songs that I wrote in the 60s. When I pass on, I want to leave a hell of a recording legacy. You also find several stories written about him that will describe him as a quote-unquote cult favorite. But if you search for the top 10 worst album covers of all time, Swamp always has one, sometimes two, on those charts. Most of my albums for Swamp Dog got a little controversy to it. So why are you riding on a white rat? The hell is this? And I wanted to do it. You know, when you're looking through the bins and you see this guy on this white rat. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Let me take a look. The hell is this? And his fans include Mike Judge, creator of Beavis and Butthead, and Johnny Knoxville from Jackass. I had to know. Does he like him more than me? I've seen more of you than I have Johnny Knoxville. You can just say me. I asked, who do you like better, me or Johnny Knoxville? And you're basically like, I don't care. No, because you both are nice people. I think what I'm really getting at is just like, Johnny Knoxville came to you almost the same way I did. He was just a fan and then just wanted to hang out with you, basically, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you didn't, you didn't work with him in any capacity. No, uh-uh. It's, uh, he told me I could when I asked him if I could, but then right. I'm afraid of the things that he does. You know, I, yeah. I don't get shot out of no fucking cannon. You know? <laughs> Swamp likes to complain about the people that have ripped him off over the years, but he also considers himself extremely lucky. Writing, writing a hit song, meaning somebody recording it and people buying it and, and loving it. That's where I get most of my cookies from. Right. So you like the business side of it, even though the business has kind of not been kind to you at some point. Right. But I've always been pushed to the door, but never out of the door. Right. So I always stayed in the room. So that's a plus. Hence the paradox of Swamp Dog and also the paradox of what success and what is failure. So that's what this episode is about. And I'm thrilled we can talk to him today because uh, he's a relationship, a, a friendship, if I may, that was born out of a not-so-great time of my life. To give you the short version, in 2014, I raised a buttload of money for a media company. The idea was to build out tabloid publications in, on a local level, L.A., San Francisco, New York. So naturally, one of my first hires for such an operation was a 74-year-old soul singer who has no idea who I am. Now, if you're asking whether I was on drugs or not at the time, uh, yes. There were many bad and unorthodox decisions I made as a drunk and a drug user, but the decision to bring Swamp Dog into my life was not one of them. 
So how did he get into my life? Well, I was working out, listening to a soul radio station, and a song called Synthetic World came on. And we can play this, right? Yeah. It was one of those melodies that sounded very familiar, but the structure of it seemed very strange. But I loved it. I didn't catch the name of the song or the artist, but I remembered enough of the lyrics to Google and discover it was done by an artist named Jerry Williams, a.k.a. Swamp Dog. Now, here's the short version of his life. Uh, Jerry Williams went by Little Jerry Williams, and then he had a pretty straightforward R&B singing career between 1954 and 1969. And then in 1970, he transformed and became Swamp Dog. The name of his first album was Total Destruction to Your Mind, which featured both Synthetic World and the theme song for this show, Everything You'll Ever Need. Uh, it's a wild ass album. Uh, the first lyrics of the song's title track are Sitting on a cornflake, riding on a roller skate. It's such a good song. So how did I get to meet him? Well, in the middle of my rabbit hole, the most recent article I could find about Swamp Dog was written by a journalist named David Marchese. Now, David and I had briefly overlapped as co-workers at Spin Magazine. And David has since moved on from there and now works at the New York Times, where he's become arguably the best one-on-one profile interviewer working right now, maybe ever. The genesis of it was that there was a small series of reissues of some of his classic albums from like, you know, the late 60s, early 70s, that a a small kind of rock and roll label in L.A. was putting out in 2013 when I did the story. And, you know, like a lot of albums, they just showed up at my desk. But the thing that's amazing about Swamp Dog's albums is they have these crazy covers. You know, it's like him riding a giant rat or something like that. The, the vast majority of albums that w- would show up at my desk, you know, I'd just sort of put him in the equivalent of the slush pile, but his covers were so crazy looking that I remember um, being curious about it and putting on the music and thinking it was really cool. I'd had no idea of who he was before that. So even then, it was a little bit hard to find his stuff online, but you you could find some of it. So I I listened to it and got really into it. And you could see little connections where he would pop up, you know, like that he was a house producer for Atlantic Records during their classic soul period, or he produced a great soul singer in like the 70s and 80s, and he produced some of his stuff. So I just sort of got curious about him and and reached out to the label and asked about doing something. And of course, like immediately, because, you know, Swamp is a huge self-promoter and and a businessman. They're like, 
Come out here, whatever you need to do, Swamp will give it to you. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about his level of profitability, but Swamp stays open to opportunities. I mean, he does whatever his version of Horizon Grind is. Like, for example, Swamp's 2020 album, Sorry You Couldn't Make It, features contributions from John Prine, Justin Vernon, Jenny Lewis, Ryan Olson, and, and more. Swamp's had a long line of interesting collaborators. So David visited Swamp at his home in L.A. to write a feature. I went out to L.A. and he has a nice house, kind of suburban, with like an impressive entryway. And the, and the driveway is really long. There's a nice car in the driveway. And you realize this guy who you've never heard of is, is doing pretty well for himself. There's a pool in the backyard and like gold records lined up. But then it doesn't take very long to talk to him to realize that, you know, the success is not coming easy. Like there's a lot of hustle happening to make that possible. And it's obvious that he's spinning a lot of plates at the same time. Later, when I was fundraising for a tabloid media startup, I, I totally freaked out and emailed David. Probably something in all caps about swamp or something even more tactless and cokey. But he knew how to contact swamp. So I got his email from David and I emailed. And then I flew out to Los Angeles, myself and my business partner, Julia. We took him out to Cheesecake Factory and tried to convince Swamp Dog to come work for our startup. And, of course, he said yes. Do you remember when I first reached out to you? Yeah. It was seven years ago. Yeah, that was during the, the wrestling crisis. No, that was after that. You, you actually uh, had some concern for that situation that I was in. And I remember you saying just like, you know, would you like me to, to put on some sort of concert or something in order to raise some money for your things? Yeah. And you said, well, how much money do you owe anyway? I was just like, he won $115 million. <laughs> and then you said, motherfucker, you need Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, uh, for real. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I appreciate the gesture though. Yeah, that was nice. Oh, you more than well. I get feelings about people. I get good vibes immediately. And it has to be what happened when I met you. And that's the thing that was part of really interesting to me was that, you know, particularly around the 2013 period, there was a lot of discussion about like, you know, what are the new economic models for musicians and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, Swamp is a guy who's been figuring out how to make a living as a musician way outside the mainstream for 40 something years and doing it. So that was kind of what I was interested. In. And then he's just such a great character. Like it takes three minutes of talking to the guy to realize like he's funny. He's a totally open book. You know, he's not hiding anything. And for all those reasons, I wanted to do a piece on him. And in that piece, which by the way is titled The Real Motherfucking Dogfather, David highlights how low Swamp's record sales have been. But that stuff has never seemed to bother Swamp. It's not just that he has low expectations, he doesn't really have any expectations. What about in your career? What would you consider a success? Receiving everything that is legitimately due me. So I never, I'll never be a, what you say, a success, a real success. I'll just be all right, which is cool. 
to be all right. And what do you mean by that? What is what do you mean that you won't be a, a success? Because the, there's so many things that has that has to be done f- for you to be a success. I mean, and you really can't you can't zero in on it and call it because we don't know how long our life is going to last. You know, if we had some idea how long we're going to be here, like, hey, if I knew I was going to be taken away off this earth in an hour, I wouldn't be sitting here doing no interview for the remainder of my hour. May sound strange, sound a little strange to me, but that's the way, first of all, I, I never even, I don't even think about it. I'm just happy every day. That's the closest word I can use is happiness. If I'm happy with what I'm doing and who I'm doing it with, that is success. Happiness breeds success. And I guess unsuccessful would be just the opposite. Swamp's most successful album is still Total Destruction to Your Mind. It's released in 1970, and the album cover, you see Swamp, all five foot five of him, sitting in an undershirt on the back of a truck. He's wearing shorts, too. I, he, he's also wearing what appears to be a steel pot on his head. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, by the way, I, I call it Total Destruction of Your Mind in the interview. I, I messed it up. Sorry. Can we just go to the origin story of the name and total destruction of your mind? I mean, is it actually true that you did acid and then came up with that whole entire album? No. I didn't think so. Hell no. Right. Uh, But people say what they want to say, you know, it's, um, and I don't say anything because I need something said about me as often as possible. When you put it out into the world, did you feel like that this was this was the music that you wanted to do, or did you feel like you had to do it in order to kind of survive in the industry? No, uh, if I had a thought that's what I needed, I would have gone another way with the material. But the the one song on there on Total Destruction, which I believe is the last song. Uh, called Mama's Baby, Daddy's Maybe. That's the one I was depending upon to be the hit worldwide and all that. And it did hit the charts. Right. And and it sold. And but that was right at the time when all of the there was lots of black movements and so forth and all of a sudden, black radio stations thought it was degrading to play a record like mine. So I was thinking along the lines of uh, enough blue success to sustain me and my family for the rest of our lives. But um, that's not the one that people crazy about. They, they call a lot of songs and and they love them, and I'm 
you know, I'm still selling the album. I try to write songs that I think are informative and entertaining. They don't always be taken that way, but that's that's the way it is. And yep. I don't know, I just I just I hear things and it gives me inspiration. Sometimes somebody can say something and the entire picture is painted right before my eyes. All I gotta do is interpret it in words and do it. We've talked a bunch, uh, even when I first met you, about you You felt like you were kind of very close to being kind of just like the, the Otis Redding in that sort of, in that sort of, you know, sphere a little bit, right? And, but you never got up to those levels. You said like a few things. You're just like, well, I'm not as handsome as those guys, or I don't have as good of a voice as those guys. But I think you you considered your songwriting chops pretty solid, right? Yeah. So do you remember a moment in your career where you're like, damn, I missed it. I missed my window. Um, no, I, I never have felt like I missed my window. But many times I have let things go by that I should have stopped because it was the right thing. Nevertheless, I don't always believe in myself. I say, oh, no, this can't be right. But it is. And trying trying to determine what's right or wrong is my main problem. Your main problem in your career or just life in general? Life in general, where and my, my career is in there. The things that has happened right. are happening. We've also talked about why you continue to put out albums at the pace that you do before. And I'm, I'm curious about what the expectations are that you have. Do you do, you do this for money? That's one of the uh, reasons. That's the main reason, not not just from my heart, but uh, yeah, I I do it for money because I know I can get more money to continue doing this. I I just I just don't stop like some people maybe in on the attitude that the Lord's gonna make a way somehow, you know. Uh, He's going to make sure that this comes out right. Well, if you don't work on it, hey, the Lord will move on to some other shit, you know. And, if, and you be standing there with with those empty prayers. Right. And uh, prayers to me is only a thank you, Lord. That's all. Yeah, just, just thank you like you would your friend. Right. Yeah. That's all that matters. You're doing this no matter what. This is who you are. This right. is what you do, and you'll figure it out in some capacity. Well, actually, I built the I built the uh, the publishing firm already over the years. You know, you don't even realize you're building it 
Uh, you just started putting songs in, and my money has been made mostly, and, and d- it depends on the years. Uh, since rap's been around, I make more money from my publishing firm. Before that, it's never really been record sales because it was a whole, I had a bunch of hit records that I didn't get paid for. Right. But I've never, and I try to tell other producers and writers that just because somebody don't pay you, there's no reason to stop doing what you believe in. You know, just avoid that person and keep on going. And right. just do what you do. And you'll end up with enough to pay a few bills. You will never pay them all. So I'm real blessed. I mean, I'm not rich, but, you know, I got orange juice and shit in the refrigerator. So I'm not starving either. And one day a song takes off and brings in a hunk of money and Mm -hmm. you keep on going. Right. What was the last song that brought in a hunk of money? (sighs) Okay. Let's say, uh, maybe I didn't ever have a hunk of money, huh? Uh, <laughs> maybe, just, you just brought reality to my life. Uh, just, uh, thanks. Uh, just take this, take this as far down as possible. Tell me, <laughs> tell me something else. <laughs> what, uh, what brings you uh, peace of mind? Money. Is that true? Uh-huh. So if you had all the money in the world, you'd be cool. I don't take that much. You gotta you gotta <laughs> okay. you gotta leave some for the others or <laughs> your money won't mean anything. Uh right. But given all that you've accomplished and all you've learned about what makes you happy. Why does money bring you peace? Uh, Because anything that you want to do, you can just about do it if you got the money to do it. As long as I've known you, you tend to do whatever you want to do and you find a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you got to sell some shit or take on some debt, that's what you do. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Right. I'm doing some stuff that is not making money for me, but I love it more than anything in the world. Yet it depresses me that I feel like I'm not getting the financial sort of (laughs) outcome that I want. So tell me what to do. Are you using everything that's really, truly available to you? If you're not, you've got to do it. I got a whole bunch of things I want to do, and I've gone out and I got investors uh, agreeing to go along with me on a couple of these things. And you just keep getting people who can think like you, who believe that you are the genuine article and 
you can do and be what you say. Right. So did you ever want to quit? No. Hell no. Anytime I wanted to quit, no, I didn't want to quit. Maybe it's as simple as that. Swamp doesn't want to quit, so he keeps going. He's been doing this a long time, so I was curious, what's the record he's most proud of? What is your favorite album that you've put out, or track, even? My favorite? Where, where you think it, it came out exactly like you thought it should, like you heard it in your head? Um, the Doris Duke, I'm a Loser album. It, it has everything that I set out to put in it or uh, give it that had the hit record to the other woman, I'm the other woman. Yeah. To me, that's one of my greatest accomplishments. Swamp just released a new album about a week ago. It's called uh, I Need a Job So I Can Buy More Auto-Tune. And it's pretty good. Very straightforward, modern R&B with some of the same sort of overtones that uh, Sorry You Couldn't Make It. That was the album before that had on it. And his next album, well, uh, well, his next album is a bluegrass album. And it actually does sound like he took acid in the middle of conceptualizing it. Here's a rundown of some of the people working with Swamp on this album. This is the craziest, stupidest, most absurd supergroup I've ever heard of. Now, we got some blacks out there now hitting the chart with country music. Nobody's touched on bluegrass because actually bluegrass is really all white music. That's like whiter than white. Ain't no blacks in it. And I'm doing several duets on this new album. I, I got great expectations. Let me guess. Adele? No. Taylor Swift? No. Rihanna? No. Okay. Got Margot Price, Justin Vernon, who was down with me on the other album. Right. Uh, Bear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Paul Simon. Wait, who was that last one? Paul Simon. What does he do? Plays guitar and sings. Has he done anything recently? Uh, I don't think he has to do it. Any, anything he did is still recent. I never heard of him. I never heard of him. Anyway. You gotta be, come on, stop that. You know you heard of Paul Sam. And uh, we got this fantastic bass player, Sturgill Simpson, and uh, Jonathan Davis. From Corn. Yeah, yeah. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Get out of here. Why? On your bluegrass album, right. you got Paul Simon, the singer from Corn. Because I want to sell music, too, you know. And that's a big arena. I don't want to step out there by myself. So just to let people know, you you are not on drugs. Oh, yeah. Mike Judge is going to play bass on. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's completely normal then. Yeah. The creator yeah. of Beavis and Butthead, yeah. obviously, to round out your bluegrass group. <laughs> This is going to do it, man. This and is that'll be it. This is, yeah, number one <laughs> album in the world. Yeah. It's going to be great.
You heard that correctly. Bon Iver, Paul Simon, Edie Brickell, who's Swamp described as Paul Simon's wife, Sturgill Simpson, and Jonathan Davis, lead singer of Corn, for a bluegrass up. So yeah, we've all got that to look forward to. Like I said up top, this is our last episode. Uh, my creative life as a writer and editor, and well, I guess as a podcaster, um, I, I figured out how to do the work I want to do. But most of the time, those came with some serious compromises. And I got some success through those compromises. And also, I wasn't completely miserable working at Gawker or Deadspin or some of the other places that I've landed over the years. And sometimes I made good money. It wasn't rich, but I had enough to have orange juice in the fridge. I always thought that the financial success and notoriety would bring me more options and help me figure out exactly what I wanted to do. And maybe it did. Maybe I was just too screwed up to take advantage of that opportunity. Point is, the small boat is me. I'm putting work out into the world exactly the way I want to, without very much compromise. Now, I've never been more creatively fulfilled in my life. But the small boat doesn't make a lot of money. And I get frustrated by that sometimes. So I talked to James Fry about this, and he's been on one of our first episodes. And he interrupted me when I was billygaking about the whole money thing. And he said, well, you're creatively satisfied. So that's kind of the hard part and probably the most important part. Everything else will come in time. Now, I wouldn't have believed him before, but now I do. And right this very moment, I have everything that I need. So now before we go, I just want to share one last cover song with you. It's myself and Swamp Dog singing Take the Skinheads Bowling by Camper Van Beethoven. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. I hope we can do this again sometime. Also, be sure to check out Swamp Dog. Download everything he's ever done, from total destruction to your mind to now. His latest album, again, is I Need a Job So I Can Buy More Auto-Tune, and it's fantastic. And the one before that, Sorry You Couldn't Make It, that was his country album, that's also phenomenal. I mean, Swamp is having a moment right now, and I couldn't be more happy for him. I'm sure you'll love him. Just go listen to him as often as you can on whatever streaming service you can. Uh, Buy his physical albums if you can, because I think he gets more money that way. But just enjoy him. Good Shares is hosted by me, AJ Delario. We're produced by Julian Weller, Jackie Huntington, and Jessica Kreinchich, with production assistance from Lindsay Hoffman. Our theme music is Everything You'll Ever Need by Who's It By? 
Swamp Dog. Our executive producers are myself and Julian Weller. Special thanks to Mangesh Hatikater and Bethann Macaluso. And extra special thanks to David Marchese for introducing me to Swamp Dog. And extra special thanks to Swamp Dog for being my friend and supporting my work. And thank you to Cord Jefferson for recording Swamp and I playing Take the Skinheads Bowling together. Cord appeared on one of our early episodes of the show, if you want to check that out. If you liked what you heard here, check out thesmallbow.com. That's bow as in bow and arrow. Great. And this is our last episode of season one. There may be more in the future. But next week, The Small Bow will continue to come out every Tuesday morning. See you there. Yeah, I'm done, man. Oh, yeah. That's all. That's it. We're not going to interview you ever again. <laughs> keep, keep, up, keep being silly all the time. That's the only way to keep living. Ah, yes. You're right. <laughs> People will leave you the fuck alone if you act silly. <laughs> they will. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.